This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Yeah, it's the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad in here. I got the mic today. We got special guests. We talk about Jays. We talk about Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? We up in the building, and guess what? Your boy Spike Lee, he gonna be on my block soon, so you know what that means. For the end of conversation podcast with funny man Damian Lemon, crazy Dominican, you know, Vladimir, come on, yo, my cool man from the county of Dade, Ali Muhammad. Ah, yeah, we are back. It's in the conversation. Welcome, everyone. And as you know, this is Ali Muhammad, the voice of your choice. D Lemon is shooting comedy KO. And on my left coast side, we have. El Capitán, el Coronel, Vladimir Camaño. <laughs> and on my right-hand side in studio, we have a special guest today, super photographer, shoots all the cool people at all the cool places from all the way back. She's been down, ten toes down to the ground ever since way back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My people, our people, Aviva Klein is in the building let them, let them hear your voice, Aviv. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Get it. <laughs> Shout out to Damian Lemons. Sorry I'm not seeing you today. And Vlad, but at least we get to talk over here over the headphones. No doubt. So, Aviv, you know, let them know a little bit about who you are, you know what I'm saying? And then we'll get into, you know, all the other stuff we do right here. But, you know what I'm saying, I wanna, want them to know why you're here and, you know what I'm saying, and what you do and who you are and all that good okay. stuff. So I'm a Brooklyn girl, born and raised, Sheepshead Bay. Yeah, I'm probably the first person to shout out Sheepshead Bay on the radio because growing <laughs> up in Sheepshead Bay, I would just wait for Funk Flex to give us props, and he would never, ever, ever <laughs> say give give a shout that's, out to Sheepshead. That's, that's like it's a long name, you know what I'm saying? It's like shout out to Best Die, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Flatbush. Three syllables. I'm sure he shouts out a three syllable area. Shout out to Sheepshead. Babe. The closest, the closest would be Nostradav. I'd be like, I'll take it, I'll take it, because no, there's a Nostradav in Chiefs of so Bay. So Nostradav's run through all the way, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Chiefs of Bay, Chiefs of Bay is deep too, man. Chiefs of Bay is deep. We're like the deep. the forgotten, the forgotten area of Brooklyn. Like, what's, what's happening? We get out we there? get no love. What's happening out in Sheephead? Um, you know, it's just like a lot of families, residential. It's it's probably the only area in Brooklyn or in that area of Brooklyn that hasn't been gentrified. Like, no one cares. No one wants to come there. No one wants to buy property there. (laughs) No one wants to open a coffee shop there. No one wants to open up a bar, a club, nothing. Who is from Sheep's Head Bay that we would know? John Caramonica. Okay. True indeed. Who's that? He's one of the music culture critics over at the New York Times. And he, I think he was at Vibe at one point. He's a journalist. Yeah. Music. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody else? Uh, Aviva Klein. Yeah. Aviva Klein. Yeah. Aviva, you ever go to uh, you ever go to Clemente's uh, Crab House? I know all about Clemente's, Randazzo's, all that stuff. What's up with that? What's what, what's you know, Clemente? little seafood by the water, nothing fancy, plastic patio furniture. You think yes. that, you know? D is a crab connoisseur, even though he's allergic. He's like a suicidal crab connoisseur. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we should. loves crabs, but he has to get he has to take Loratadine before. <laughs> maybe maybe we should take a conversation field trip out I, to Sheep's Head Bay to get crabs. That's not a bad idea. Jordan's lobster dock. That's where I go these days. And then you guys also Sheep's Head Bay is also big on. Uh, this is gonna sound weird, but it's also big on roast beef, isn't it? Yeah, we got two famous roast beef spots: uh, Rollin' Roaster and Brennan and Carr. That's right. Yeah, that's they're right. both so good. Um, it's kind of like the yeah, it's the hood. It's you know not not, not as hood as City Island, but it, it is kind of like the hood, uh, the hood Martha's Vineyard. Uh, uh, I've never been to Martha's <laughs> Vineyard, but if you say so, sure. It's the hood Martha's Vineyard. 
The you hood guys, you know, you, 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 you eating, eating crabs and you got a New York City bus driving my bike. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Join us. It's, I, I've been down there a couple of times. Also, Kingsborough Community College is also down there. Yeah. Um, but that's what's up. So, Aviva, where'd you go to high school? I went to Madison, which okay. is on Quentin Road, Bedford Ave. I think we were the first school with metal detectors in Brooklyn. <laughs> So, there you go. So you was thugged out, hard knock life. Over I mean, there. the school wasn't. I don't remember it being dangerous, but you had to get to school like a half hour early. <laughs> to make sure that you would get to class on time because you had to like put all your stuff through the metal detector and all that, all that stuff. No doubt, no doubt. So you're a photographer. Yes, I am. You know what I'm saying you do a lot of cool stuff. Yep. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you, you. I know you can't talk a lot about it because you know you're sworn to secrecy and blood, life, and all that good stuff. Illuminati type shit, right? But you did work on the the seminal Beyonce visual album that's like game changing, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Type of thing. You were one of the artists that were that that work was featured in there. Yep, you I know? got the. So you know how the booklet that comes in the CD had different album covers because mm-hmm. the album cover was just her name, but like there was a cover for like every single. Mm-hmm. So uh, my cover was the Jealous. Jealous. The, yeah, for the Jealous video. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, what parts of you can, well, whatever, we, we know that you can't talk about a lot, but what can you say about that experience? Um, Honestly, at that point, it was like an, a pinnacle in my career, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to be recognized by her and her team as someone to to kind of join their team and tell Beyonce's story for that time period so, I mean, aside from the Jealous stuff, I worked on a few other stuff with them. Um, you could see a lot of the images in the tour booklet that, for Mrs. Carter World Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great experience, and um, I'm grateful to have had that opportunity. <laughs> I guess that was it, people. <laughs> if people work with Beyonce. <laughs> no doubt. And then... Um, <clears throat> What made you? What makes you think? Um, why do you think they came and plucked you? Um, you know, I, I don't really know what they were looking for creatively, but I know that one of my really, really strong suits is documentary photography, where basically I'll just follow somebody around, or people, or a place, and that's kind of like where I thrive. I would think the most. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw that in my portfolio, and maybe that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, those types of jobs are great because there's, like, no art director or creative director on set for what I did was documentary mm-hmm. um, for that spe- for all those projects with her. So, you know, it's just, like, I get to do me and, like, just watch the light and watch her in the light and press the shutter when it's the right time and make really cool pictures. Watch the light. Yes. That's good. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, Rich, you was, you was about to say something, Vlad? Yeah, I was. I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm just trying to give this context. Where, where, where are your parents from? Um, so I'm first-generation American. My parents are from the Ukraine. Um, they came here in 77. Right, okay. Yeah. So, I so get they're to like be, old I, school. Oh, yeah, they're so yeah. old school. When I, like, made the switch from marketing to photography, you know, and I had, like, a job at a label with, like, 401K and, like, you know, making decent money. And then I quit to be poor for, like, six, seven years. But you could have always told them that, you know, the whole shit crashed anyway after you left. It it fell apart after you left. I think it's, like, an old school mentality or working class family mentality where, like, if you get, like, the job that, like, has a 401K and decent money... And health insurance, like you, that's the American dream. So you don't go anywhere. You don't like turn that down. Right. right you know. Right. And so you, 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 you walked. I walked. And what, what made you decide to leave? You know that particular life and into the world of. Well, I I was always shooting, um, but you know I, I was in a situation where I was supposed to get a promotion, and then that didn't happen. And I was just like, 
can I curse on the show? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was Absolutely. just like, no, they, you know, they say Ali says shit every other every other word. So yeah. have at it. So yeah, I was just like, fuck this. Like I'm over here slaving away and like being called in the middle of the night to do things and all these expectations and pressures. And I'm like, if I'm gonna like work this hard, like I'm gonna work this hard for like my vision and my craft and not to make someone else's dream possible. I'm going to figure out how to like put all of that that I've learned in that industry in terms of work ethic and scheduling and, you know, just being on top of my shit. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been uh, trying to do since I left. Yeah. And I know some of the people you work for at some of the labels that you work for. And, you know, that's a lot of, you know, it was high energy, high expectations, a lot of push. Yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah. So you came in ready. You didn't come in, you know, with like, without, you know, you already had the the push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You understood what, yeah, it, what took. it takes. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people come in with just the thought of this is what I want to do. Right. And I can do it. I do it really well, you know, so, so to speak. Yeah. And and you should hire me. Yeah. But you've actually been there. You've been a part of the projects that have been done, yeah. and you see what it takes, and yeah. you see the pressure, and you feel it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like when I quit to be a photographer, I thought everyone that I knew in music was going to hire me. And what happened? <laughs> Nobody hired me. <laughs> How did that feel? Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> it's humbling. I listen. After I left, you know, being an executive assistant, like I went to go wait tables and serve liquor to like all the people I used to work with. And how, what was that like? That was like a, a kick in the stomach. Like I have, I, you know, I think all artists or people in general have egos. And mm-hmm. I was just like, <sighs> like, yeah. Like walk us through that moment, like where you see somebody that you used to yeah, work it's with. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, shit, fuck. Like they like, I, I'm found out. They see me. <laughs> You know? And they're like, oh, this is what you left me for? <laughs> Not even that's what you left me for, but I felt kind of like I would judge myself and be like, you're like less of a successful person. Even though I was pursuing something, I was like starting from the ground up. I like started to intern all over again mm-hmm. when I was like 26, 27. No, nah, I mean, I, I totally get it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, when we went from media to video, it was the same thing for for me. So you might walk into a place with a camera and you see all the people that you used to work with, yeah. everybody that know you from, Back you know what I'm saying, partying and fucking doing $600 dinners at Nobu on Tuesday. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and I'm trying to get a $20 tip. <laughs> and, it was, and it wasn't necessarily the money part because I was always good with my budgets. It was just like, damn. You the cameraman now? You the picture man? Because, you know, when you, especially when you're in an event or something, you, it's almost like they equate you to, you The know, help. Yeah, you the help. Yeah. Ah, picture man. Take my yeah. picture. Here, guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, in the beginning, that was something where I spent a lot of money hiring people to do something that I could do mm-hmm. because I didn't want to have to face that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then at one particular juncture in the journey, I was like, man, fuck that. Yeah, you just got to like, you got to let it go. I went in and the first motherfucker I saw was somebody from the industry. Mm-hmm. And the first question they asked is, oh, is this what you do now? I was like, yeah, we'd shoot anything. And that was the first time I was like, you know what? I'm owning all this. We shoot anything. My company, we do it all. What you want to do? Yeah. And, and, you know, and from there, it just got easier and easier. And then now it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because it's like, it's what you do and you're proud of it. Exactly. And th- the company is growing and, you know, yeah. and it's whatever. I think in the beginning stages, it's more of like, you know, you're insecure. It's like new. It's like a new avenue. Like you're figuring stuff out. Right. I think sometimes it's more the judgment we put on ourselves than like how other people are really like, you know. No doubt. Hey, Vlad. I'm here. When you you worked a job and did comedy for a long time. Yeah, I did. That's for a long time. Yep. And but 
how was it when you first walked from your job to just go hard? How did you feel? What was what was your internal feelings on that? Um, you know, it goes back to what Aviva was talking about, though, that working class mentality. You know, I'm also first generation, so my parents, my dad's a super, which we all know. Um, so it's a, my job is a non-traditional job. My father still can't believe it sometimes that I'm, I'm like living in Los Angeles telling jokes. Yeah, my parents don't get it either. They're just like, can't comprehend. They're, they're still like, are you getting paid for this one? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting paid. Like, my, I've been getting paid. Yeah. You know, and it's weird because my job also allows me to interact with people that I never thought I would mm-hmm. um, at many different levels. And I can't even articulate to my parents how this stuff is like impactful. You know, I'm meeting authors and, and producers and and. You know, and I, I can't I can't call my dad and go, hey, I just met with you know Mark so and so. My father's gonna go, all right, I don't know I don't know who that is. <laughs> Have you ever met anyone and worked with anyone that your father knew and and that was like his somebody that he idolized or you know was not, a fan of? Not yet, dude. Okay. Maybe who, who, maybe then he'll get it. Who who is his guy? Uh, my father's guys would would be like um, if I met like like certain specific athletes. Mm-hmm. Like if I met like Mariano Rivera, if I met Roberto Duran, um, mm-hmm. again, again, his his guys are like working class heroes, right? Um, which is funny because that that sentiment is starting to leave. Like if you watch sports, the working class sentiment is almost leaving now. Um, back in the day, even the Knicks, the Knicks were a working class team. You know, we talked about this: Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, and that was the time that my dad grew up. Like Don Mattingly, like those players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys are quietly leaving. Like, like Roberto, Roberto Duran to him is like the guy. You know, working class dude, came from a poor Latin American country. Um, those are his heroes. But what do you mean they're you know? leaving? I think the way commerce has affected everything, um, you know, LeBron and Steve Curry. And, they are working. Oh, um, it's not Steph Curry, but LeBron working class came up No, from but I, I, think, I think LeBron is the closest we have right now. Um, I mean, all, but, of, you know, you go, all of the basketball players <laughs> came from nothing. They it's, came from that, but that's not what that's not what's marketing, though. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Um, the 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 branding, you know, the promotion, and um, you didn't have that back in the day. Like Oakley was just a Oakley and and Mason were just like just power horses. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Carmelo because, is representing that. He went back to the favela in, in Rio and you know played ball in the hood. I'm trying to think of what I mean. Like the like for example, like 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 the Pistons. Right. Oh, you're talking about as you know, the, the team, what it represents. I think the Jets. Yeah, what they represented. You know what I'm saying? Just, the Jets just, still represent that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know. You know, the Packers. Uh, who else? Who else out there like that, Chris? I don't know. I'm trying to think as you guys are talking. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of little teams like that still. Maybe your daddy don't like those teams. Yeah, my dad don't like My dad feels like sports, is, <laughs> sports. Sports have been bought. My father feels like sports have been bought now. So. Sports is big um, business for sure. Yeah, exactly. So his his era is those working class guys, and um, you know, you know Charles Bronson. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So um, who who who's his? I mean, like, what's he watching right now? My father watches a lot of nature shows, man. Oh, so he out <laughs> in the jungle, out in the jungle. No, he stay. He got you know. I got I got an iPad Mini, so he watches the. He calls me over. He's like, "Blah, man, God, come over here." I go, "What's up?" And he's watching like a, a possum. <laughs> That's actually father, like the one rodent in Brooklyn that that you could find in Sheepshead Bay. But my entire childhood, when I'd be like out in the street hanging with my friends, like it was the one rodent that I would like if I would see it out of the corner of my eye, I would like look away because they're so scary looking. So I've actually Aviva. never, I've actually Aviva. never seen it, but I've seen it out of the corner of my eye. A possum? Yeah, they got possums out there. Uh, Hell yeah! Ali. And carrots and beans. rats? Yes. Damn. No, Aviva, t- tell Ali about this. I- I've been to Sheepshead Bay. Yeah. And I've seen possums. Ali, these are these are scary. They got a long tail. Dog. I know. I know. What, like I know about big. a possum. Oh. When we in my house in Miami, when we first moved there, the night the night we moved in, there was like a family of possum walking across the electric line in the back. Oh my gosh! But oh God. you know, within three years of the hood moving into this particular neighborhood, the possums were gone. I'd, I'd never seen possums after about two years of living there. They they found somewhere else to live, I guess. They are scary as hell. Ooh. But um, Aviva, yeah. When did you? I guess my question for you is: When did you uh, first develop your uh, 
Like, when did you have that, that connection? Like, when you started shooting a photograph or you had a camera in your hand, that you first felt that feeling like, yeah, this is what I want to do? Um, it was probably, like, during college. I really got into it, but no one ever really told me back then. So I graduated in 04, so... I probably took like a photo class in 2002, which is like pre-digital. And I always thought that photography was like a fine art, like that people didn't make a living doing that. I was just like, oh, people do this for art and for fun. Um, uh, what was your question again? Like when I decided to... Well, because, you know, anytime you get good at something, like Ali loves, you know, Ali loves documentary filmmaking right. and, and just shooting. Yeah. And I love comedy. And it, 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 became, it begins as a small obsession. So when did you yeah. get obsessed with Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, when I was in college, I, I was working uh, at this seafood restaurant right across the street from King's Plaza called Nick's Lobster Dock. <laughs> Shout out to that place. Um, yeah, and I became really good friends with my coworkers there, and I remember photographing during that time. And I was like, I, I like, I'm feeling something from seeing my photos. Like, it was like sparking an emotion in me, and I just kind of been chasing that ever since. It's like your first high. Yeah, exactly. That's what the crackheads say. Yeah, you just chasing your first <laughs> high. When you first hit it, it make you feel so good. It's, it's so sex. true. It's so there's nothing like seeing like a photo that you took that is just like really inspires you. Wow. Even though you took it, you're like, wow, this is this is great. But it doesn't, you know. Sometimes I could do a shoot that's like a 12 hour day shoot, and I only just get one of those that makes me feel that way. True, indeed. I, I you know, I had to make one correction on what you said, Vlad. He said, I Go love ahead. documentary filmmaking or whatever. I don't really. Oh, okay. I love being about in in culture. Just in like, you know what I'm saying, from, from I would say about ninth grade, even before, but really solidly from ninth grade on, I was the type of person that was on the scene. You know what I'm saying? I was on. I was at the party. I was on the block. I was at the. You know what I'm saying? The after, after, I was at all the shit. You know what I'm saying? So by 12th grade, you know what I'm saying? I was deeply entrenched in being somewhere. And by college, I was somewhere seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? Doing something on the scene. Twenty it seemed like 24 hours a day, but it, you know, you had to sleep sometime. But I was. I pushed it to the limit. You know what I'm saying? And right. I seen how people act and you know what I'm saying? I was always, okay, where are we going next? So you know, you go to the next space and then you see how they act at certain times. So right now, all I'm really doing, what I really like to do with with film, because you know, I'm grown, I'm married, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not as an active participant. So being I'm not an observer to record it, you know what I'm saying, it, it helps me be in the same scene and now I can actually show other people, you know what I'm saying, just general like little details of what happens when you're at a place. And that's what I love to do. I love to document the experience as opposed to making some type of documentary film or something like that. I just I love the culture. Yeah, that I think that's like similar to like what I enjoy maybe and if I'm understanding you the same way, it's almost like a cultural cultural anthropology that's exactly what it is yeah it's like cultural anthropology where like you're studying a group of people or like not necessarily studying but like looking into their world and finding it fascinating and just like learning about like this like new subculture or like understanding like the coming of age in a certain community or things of that nature it's like like, it's like the nature show for people yeah, I'm with you. Hilarious. That, you know that's the type of photography I love to do. Like, look at this group. They're the VIP. You know what I'm saying? They like to pop their bottles like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When they dance, they like to do their hands like this. That's <laughs> when they really feel it. Watch when the beat drops. You know what I'm saying? That type shit. Yeah, studying people <laughs> is awesome. You know what I'm saying? Just so, just so everybody else can see what I see. Like, everybody don't like to just be out everywhere, but they might like to see it. Right. I think there's power in that too, man, because what you guys are tapping into is the subtext. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, there's a subtext, but then there's a matrix underneath. Like, what, what, what's going on underneath that that's moving this this culture and, and the you know the taste and the style and the fashion. Right, and it, and it's and it's and it's also a thing about just being a part of life as it's happening right now. You know what I mean? You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything, but you are somewhere. And wherever you at, just being in it and a part of it is 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 exhilarating to me. And also to be able to like show it to the world. Exactly. Then you show it to other people like, hey, this is what happened. Because that's how it really happens in real life. You go somewhere, you go there. Then the next day, like, yo, shit, I was at the spot last night. And da 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 happened. And such and such and them showed up. And then did it, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I did, and whoop, whoop. And then, you know, it's a good time. It's life. Whoop, whoop. And that story lasts on, lasts forever. It's true. Certain nights, certain moments last forever. Especially when they're on video or in photo. Yeah, exactly. Now I could put them on video or photo. Yeah. But it's something that in my head that just lasts forever and it, no one ever took a picture. You know what I'm saying? Certain nights that I just remember vividly, certain things that we did or certain things that just happened. It's like, damn, that was dope. And only people I think understand. Water. Okay, I'm sorry. No, go, go, ahead. Ahead. no go ahead. No, no, go ahead, dude. You finish the thought. It's fine. Mm-mm. The thought I was going to ask Aviva, you know, as a professional photographer, I was going to yeah. ask you, like, you know, strictly stills, what what kind of camera are you using? Are you, are you using, do you find yourself using the iPhone more and more? or is it? I never with, use with my iPhone for pictures unless it's, like, of my nephews or, like, some <laughs> nonsense. I've never been able, or not that I haven't been able, but it hasn't been um, on my priority list to figure out how to make good pictures with an iPhone. Typically, right. like, I have this little uh, camera called the Rico, and it's, it's like a point-and-shoot, but it, you know, has, like, all these manual capabilities, and it's light, and it, it kind of, I guess, is the photographer's version of an iPhone. I mean, I know a lot of photographers do use iPhone and make great work, um, but I never use it for anything serious. Word. Interesting. Don't, yeah. don't, don't play her. <laughs> don't downgrade I'm, her to no, the no, and I'm not, and I'm not judging photographers. There are a lot of photographers that do amazing things with it. I just like, I don't have the time to figure out like what apps make things cool or like what lenses to screw on to my phone, and I rather yeah. just use a camera. Yeah. So, what do you shoot with typically? Like when you're doing like the the big projects? Um, typically, like I use a, a I'm like a big Nikon fan. But I also still use my little Rico camera. Like, I just did a, a job this weekend, and I use that for part of the shoot, too. Like, I don't really think the camera is really what matters. It's um, your ability to, like, understand the mechanisms of the camera and understanding right. light. Like, people are always like, oh, your photos are great. What camera do you use? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right. What's a Rico camera? A Rico is just this little camera that's... Uh, the size of a point and shoot, mm-hmm. but it has um, really great manual functions where, like, you could change the aperture, the shutter, the white balance, all the things that are important in any DSLR. But it's just a point and shoot, and it it takes beautiful photos. So it's no, you don't attach a lens. It's just no all internal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like equivalent to like a thirty-five millimeter, so it's mm-hmm. pretty wide. But I use it all the time, and. No one would ever be like, oh, that was a point shoot. Mm. Rico. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cinematographers use it. And it has video too? I think it does. I need to get me a Rico. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to get a Rico. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, got mine, I got mine at B&H before they became uh, racist, uh, mainstreamly racist. What, what does that mean? Well, B&H... Um, Oh, you're talking about the store was racist? Yeah. Well, yeah, they had this situation that came out in the media sometime this year about how they had, like, separate bathrooms for their uh, Latino employees. And the, the Jewish employees? Uh, or I, just... I would, I would assume that. I mean, I don't know, like, how diverse their uh, work staff I is I mean, there. it's like 90% Jewish. Yeah. And then they yeah. have a separate bathroom just for the... For Latino employees. What about, or, or what about I, the black employees? I don't know if it's you gotta like... You got to go outside? I don't know if it's considered... If it was non-white, but I remember hearing Latino, and mm-hmm. so I won't shop there ever again. But before Bird. I heard about that, you can get... They, ha, they have... And other um, rental places or uh, 
photo places have like used sections that are great and I got mine used so and okay. it still works amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's a great camera. I'm about to get me a Rico. Yeah. A Rico. Get a Rico. R I C O H. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's interested in a really cool point and shoot camera. How much does it cost? Uh, so I got a used one that was a nine out of ten rating. It was like five fifty. Word. I'm gonna have to look that up. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? That was worth the you know the whole visit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A great business needs a stunning website, and with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it, so what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. What's up with you, Vlad? Oh, man, so much is going on, dude. I'm out here in Los Angeles um, trying to find a permanent spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been house-sitting for a couple of friends out here. and uh, You still in the valley? Uh, I'm in the valley, yeah. I'm in the valley, and then I got a homie in Santa Monica. That I, uh, yeah, my boy Mark, he has a spot here that I crash at sometimes. Mm. And um, and then, uh, uh, you know, it's it's an adjustment. It's a different lifestyle out here, but it's it's coming together man i'm stepping outside my comfort zone so, so i mean and, um, what 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 you looking for in a permanent place you know number one no roommates i, I don't do roommates okay i don't do that i don't you I don't grown like motherfucker you shouldn't be doing that yeah i'm a grown man i don't like i don't like i don't like people's uh you know the habits around me i don't like people's rhythms i'm, I'm very i'm a great guy but dude I, i'm moody man I'm yeah yeah you shouldn't be looking for a room especially when people are leaving their shit everywhere I can't do that, Aviv. I can't. I, I haven't can't. had a roommate since 2008. That's a lie. I had someone stay with me for two months, but that's, other that, than that's that, not a roommate. Yeah. That's, that's a, not a roommate. A guest. Yeah. Motherfucker. That's a guest. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> a motherfucking guest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, what, um, what, 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 where you want to stay? What neighborhood? I would, ideally, I'm trying to be in West Hollywood. Mm hmm. Only because it gives me access to, to meetings and I don't have to travel too far. Right. Uh, it's close to all the comedy clubs. Um, it's just a nice hub for to do business. So what's the, what's stopping you? Oh no 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 nothing stopping me. I'm I'm actually got a I got a little account now with Westside Rentals. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start looking this week for a, for a permanent location. Right right um, right. To get the business moving, but other than that, man, I'm I'm excited to come back. So to New you York you permanent it, permanently going to be in LA? I think so, man. It's looking more and more that way, Ali. It's looking more and more that way. Um, but I gotta go back to New York on like at least once or twice a month just because of stand up. Mm-hmm. At um, least you got that the, In and Out and Chick Fil A. You know, they got Chick Fil A in LA. Just, Maybe I'm maybe oh, I'm, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking of Atlanta. That's I'm thinking Atlanta. of Atlanta. They have Chick Fil A. No, 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 no. Chick Fil A's out here. Maybe really? they do have Chick Fil A. I think yeah, Chick Fil A's out here. Nice. Chick Chick Fil A's out here, dude. They out here. They out here. Both of those. When last like, time you um, had Chick Fil A? Me or Viva? You. Last time I had Chick Fil A had to be uh, like three 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 months ago. Okay. Three months ago. Oh no! I was at the I was at the Denver Improv. I, I was I was headlining the Denver Improv, and the the host uh, was, took took me to Chick Fil A. They had a Chick Fil A. This was in uh, Denver, and um, we had a little, little we had some grilled chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Nice. But other than that, man, I've been um you know uh, uh, just watching my shows and watching the, watching the end of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, shout you out to my Ryan boy. I'm just going to cut you off real quick. My boy, Miles Chamley Watson, was in the Olympics and got a bronze for his team, uh, the fencing team, male fencing team. Yeah, I saw team. the pictures you had of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. What's his name, Miles? Yeah, Miles. He my- looked like one of them rappers. Whoa. He looks like one of them rappers, yeah, because he has bleach blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looked he look real. He did his thing. A little wild to be in the, you know, the Olympics. Yeah, he, he's like the, the outcast in that sense. Yeah, he's like got gold like teeth and shit. Gold teeth, tattoos. Blonde hair, you know, he's a little rebel. No, no doubt, no doubt. What's his uh, What's his background? Uh, Miles uh, was like born in London, but like came here when he was a kid, and he's been fencing since he was like thirteen, and this is his second Olympics. 
He's the world. He's I think he's the first black world champion in fencing, or just the first world champion in fencing from America. Yeah. So yeah, he rides for America. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out. So I'm assuming he's, did he start? Did he start in London? Uh, I don't think no. so. No, he's been in America. Yeah, he's been here since he was a kid. I mean, maybe he did. I don't. I don't know that many details. Yeah, Viva has some pictures of. We'll post them on the Facebook site. Very interesting pictures. I thought he was a rapper and shit. One yeah, he has the tattoo. A lot of the times heads. when I take pictures, people are like, oh, that's your album cover. And I'm just like, it's just like a <laughs> random person. <laughs> like if this was, if you had an album, this would be your cover. I want an album cover. You got it. No doubt. Right. Now, now I know where you record every week. We won't shoot it here. Okay. We got to be in my environment. Okay. Documentary style. You got to follow me. Okay. <laughs> it's just a shock. It's just, so you've been you've been following up the last part of the the Olympics, and you know what I mean. Yeah, well, following this Ryan Lochte story about the whole, you know, he lied about getting robbed. Right, right, right. And I just wanted to talk to you guys about this because, um, you know, the dude, the dude basically lied, and then he left his homies out to drive. Well, he didn't leave his homies. He left the damn country. But did he leave? He the country. Did he leave prior to knowing shit was about to go down, or what? did he just get out in time before like they got they caught on to it? Well, yeah, he got out just a little bit before. I don't think he changed his flight or no shit. It's just the other people's flight was a little the day after, and they got held up. You know what I'm saying? He made it out just in time, but he did lie, and you know what I'm saying? You know they they was out wilding out. So what I wanted to ask you is, what I, the comment I wanted to open up is, it, does, does, does the analysis of this incident um, su- suggest a racial uh, component? Because, um, you know, to me it reads as a dude that, you know, he messed up, he, uh, he, um, he tried to get out of it by lying, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the undertone is racial because... He's making Brazil look like it's a violent, you know, it, Brazil is, you know, Brazil, like any other place in the world, is violent. I mean, he played, what, he played on the yeah. stereotype and uh, the, the, actual, the actual fear of what may happen in Brazil. He went to Olympics, chose Brazil, and a lot of athletes and a lot of the conversation was that, you know, they kidnap people out there. You know what I'm saying? This shit is crazy. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of poverty. They're going to hold people for ransom and shit. So that was one of the fears initially, you know what I'm saying? So he played on that as in within his lie, which, you know what I'm saying, if you're going to lie, you got to lie about something that's actually that people may feel is may happen. And that's what he did. Yeah, and I thought it was an, I thought it was an important culture moment because, you know, all these fears about Brazil, you know, the, the way they've been marketing it, talking about it in the media and... The U.S., you know, I, you know, I'm not trying to. It's just, for example, like they made a big to do about the water, the water system in in um in Brazil, right? And the sewage. But then you look at Flint, Michigan. Man, you know? but but you know, as far as the U.S. is concerned, you know, I mean, they just one one body in that whole experience of the Olympics. So, no, I, no, I understand that, but I thought like the Ryan Lochte situation really clarified how. Um, he was trying to leverage that in a way that, you know, the conversation that I've had with friends, like, oh, he's, he's being privileged. <laughs> and I don't know how much of it is that. I think it was just a, an, um, you know, I, is, is, he, is it because he's a white guy or is he just a privileged American dude? I, I, I can't tell. I mean, both. Where the line is. I mean, know? it's yeah. both. I mean, when you're privileged, you're a you know, world-class athlete, you have sponsors and shit, you're going to try to protect that. You know what I'm saying? No matter white, black, other. Now, because... He was a privileged athlete, world-class athlete, medalist, and a white guy. You know what I'm saying? The story becomes a little bit more like, hey, what? maybe he did get. But the the, the right. dumbest thing about this is that like in the media, they call him a kid. It's like, this is a grown-ass man. A grown-ass, 30-something years old. Like, that, I, and I don't know what they're saying in media like in other countries, but here it's always like when like a white guy fucks up, it's like, Oh, but he's got this great college career ahead of him, so we're right. gonna just like let it go. And it's like, right. oh well, he's like 
a Olympic gold medalist. So like, let's not like tarnish his their their his kids reputation. Just, you know, they had a night it's of like fun. It's like all innocence, and it's like no, like 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 when they fuck up his kid, their kids. But Trayvon was walking home from the store as a kid. And well, he was six feet tall, and you know what I'm saying. He had a hoodie on, so that classifies him as an adult. You know, it's never the kid. You know what I mean? When 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 you're not a world class athlete, that's white. Not now, even, if, even it, if it was a world class athlete that was black, say Carmelo, instead of going to play ball in the favela, went and kicked down a door and you know, said "fuck that shit" and got into a fight. Then it would have been an international incident. But you don't even have to be so like that, a world class athlete. Like you could be a college athlete that like rapes a girl, which is ha- which happened the, recently. The Stanford guy. Yeah, and it's just like, oh well. Um, and then his dad was like, oh, after like twenty minutes of something that he did. A uh, twenty minutes of fun and revelry. Meanwhile, like a, a girl, a, re- a woman's re- life. Revelry. He's a revelry. Yeah, some a woman's life like that. is ruined, and then people just like like let him off the hook, like. Like, as if he fucking stole a pack of potato chips. So then, you know, to tag this conversation, it, I, I don't know how many other guys have called this out, but did you, see, you, know, did you guys see Al Roker? I saw it. Uh, I don't think of either. Yeah, Evil. I didn't see it. So Al Roker, I mean, dude, you know, it was him and another and a white commentator. Mm-hmm. And the, the white commentator was basically easing the the, the narrative for Ryan Lochte. Yeah, because you know he was saying Ryan Roker said that he lied. Then he was like, "No, he exaggerated. He, he, he exaggerated." You know. <laughs> and Al, if you watch the clip, Al was like, "No, he lied. He lied." <laughs> Al, Al was so hook, he was so tight. He was stirring he that was drink, tight, whatever the man. fuck he was drinking that mojito or whatever. Yeah. He was stirring that shit so hard. <laughs> I mean, he, he, was, the, he was livid about he, it. He lied. God damn it. Shit. He lied. If he could cuss, <laughs> Al was ready to choke his ass. Yeah, Al was ready to choke him down. And I don't know if it was, you know, um, Al being a black man, he was like kind of turned up a little bit by it. Um, but it's like, it's one of those situations where the narrative is 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 not racially motivated but at the same time it's a subtext for it it's you know subtext and, and you know what i'm saying and the thing is is that that just commonly happens that's just the 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 baseline of american media is going to be you know that's they're going to get the benefit of the doubt just off a of baseline just because that's just yeah, the happened, way it's been and that's just the way it is and that's and it happened know, at an international stage which that's why that's why i find this so interesting that's why, like Aviva said, we don't know how the other countries are talking about right. it. We just know what we Exactly. Hear. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's always different. I can't even fuck with the news. <laughs> I really can't. Just like the way that they like <laughs> say things. I'm just like, it's all so... Did you guys see the thing on CNN where they had the two reporters in the same parking lot? Mm-mm. Like w- like with the headphones? Like as if they're like talking to each other in satellite and it was the same two reporters in the same Are you serious? Yeah, it was what's that what's that chick's name with the blonde hair? I, I don't know. But and, was, and they were talking to each way. What what happened? Because you you could tell they were in the same place because it was like Oh, so they were put, putting it on TV like they were in two different yeah. places. And you would see the pink bus go here and then it would come out on the split screen on the other side. Are you serious? Yeah, then it was like a green car. Then you'd see the green car pull over on the other side. It was Nancy Grace and Ashley yeah, Banfield. Yeah, Nancy yeah. Grace. That's right. And what were they talking about? I don't even know. Some old bullshit. Yeah, and I'm just like, but that's why you can't trust anything because they're all fabricating everything. I'm just like, I don't even know what's real, what's not. It was during the Jody Arias trial, apparently. That's what I'm looking uh, at. Right she, I think she was some woman that killed somebody. And they on that bush. They just on that bullshit. That is epic. That's why you're like, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. So they just in the parking lot. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. All right, let's do it. <laughs> and John Stewart that did a whole hilarious. thing about it. And I think they did like the math or something that they were like six parking spots away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, mm, they're mm. fucking with us they are fucking with us and they know it and the internet makes it so easy because they you know i mean they understand you know how fast people's opinions change how long they stay mad you know what i'm saying 
I mean, shit, you see some shit on the internet, you hit the link and believe it. And that's it. And if you don't believe it, if you bust them out, hey, it'll be gone tomorrow. Like, I never even heard of that shit. Internet word is not bond. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Internet word is not bond. (laughs) Who fuck said that? Oh, Melina Melina Trump. My word is my bond. My mother told me that. (laughs) Word? Who's your mama? Grandmaster Flash? Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, that word. She never used the word bond ever in her life. Ever, ever. They don't have that word in fucking Russia. They don't. They don't. Where's she from? She from your neighborhood, Ukraine? I have no idea. You know. No, I seriously. That's your homie. (laughs) I don't know nothing about her. That's your homie. I know nothing about her. That's your homie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of the Olympics, dude, I think I'm going to cop these... uh, these uh, 11, uh, the Jordan 11 lows, the gold ones. Right. Now, what y'all don't know is Aviva got Jordans too now. Which is why I'm bringing it up. Aviva, I heard you into James. I am. Yeah. What's happening? What it's you got? It's been a minute. I actually did a Jordan job this weekend. Right? Yeah. What's that? What I, what I could tell you about it later. No doubt. We, we're, <laughs> okay. it's, one of, it's, it's one of those. One of those NDA jobs. You but it was really cool. Now, what's your favorite Jay? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the names. So I know what it looks like. So it's like really white, and it has like loops, and it's like puffyish. Wait a minute. Uh, let me just. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just let's get an image of this. But you know what? It's always the retros that are dope. That's what I'm saying. Which which, which it's which all one the is, retros. Which one you like? Cause I when I shot you. Back in the day, yeah, you was you, know, you was getting that money up to do your first exhibit, <laughs> right? You know on Kickstarter, saying? shout out to Kickstarter. And we shot you, and I shot you at your crib. Yeah, and you was lacing up some threes. And I was like, look at the video with the threes. I, I'm a fan of Jordan. Period. I feel like they're like so luxurious as like a sneaker. Mm-hmm. Like the, no one really wears that shit on the court. People like wear that with like a tuxedo. Vlad don't like, even wear them in real life. He just carries them around in the this backpack. This is the one. He, this v- is my favorite one. What's, what number is that? Uh, let me see. Vlad wears Vlad carries his Jordans around in a uh, what they call that shit where you where you, where you carry your baby Jordan in? Retro Ten. Oh, she liked the tens. That's how oh, I'm which one? Which ones are those? Which one you got? Which one you got? I just bought a pair. Of, I just got the um, I got the uh, the L A ones, um, the Blue Boys, mm. the tens. Now you asking her too many goddamn questions. She liked the damn ten. <laughs> I like the tens, but I have to say, like, I retired from the Jordans and. More of an Air Max ninety ah. person in the past, like nice. four or five years. Nice, nice. That's a yeah. good shoe for a girl. Yeah, I mean, not but, to be whatever. What what do you call that? Not to be any of those misogynistic. No, not, not not that. that I wasn't going to go that <laughs> no, hard know, or something know. like that. Maybe sexist. I don't know. Okay. But that is a good. That's a great shoe. I, I always like the Air Max on a woman. I love the nine. I love them. You know what I'm saying? That, and they they're they're like walking on air. I love them. You know what I'm saying? In college, the um, first girls that I seen wearing Jordans were from Atlanta, and they were busting my Jordans with the stacks and the you know what I'm saying different kinds of hairstyle, just a very tomboy look, but sexy at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a like I had never seen no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But then after that, the Air Max was the prototypical pretty girl shoe. So I that, that's it. what you got, pretty girl shoe. I'll leave it right there. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the 11s. Jolly knows. And the 11s came out with the gold colorway. They're coming out, I think, Saturday. So Where? dope. I and, saw uh, those. I would wear those. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm copying those, Ali. I skipped. I skipped the what was one did you said the tens. Yeah, the elevens are what? Which one are the elevens? Concords. The thirties are really dope too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I skipped all that shit. But not to say I, 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 I fuck with the Concords. I just never really was a fan of the patent leather shit. I love those. Movies. And I, I, like I say, I didn't go too super hard. I think I tapped out round about six, and then I, I, I recycled through that one through six. One, 
Still, I still got a fresh pair of OGs. You know what I'm saying? From back in the day, or no, 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 reissue. Not, not, not that damn OG. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Twos, twos was my first Jordan. Threes are gorgeous. Twos were my first, so you know what I'm saying. But they never, they didn't. When they reissued the two, they changed the materials. It's not like the same type of material before. Like the bottoms on the twos now are not the same as the bottoms as they were when they first came out. So it kind of throws it off a little bit for me. You know what I'm saying? And then they rarely retro the the two low-top white bottom, which was the ones I like. They got some good designers over there. Threes were dope, fours, fives, you know what I'm saying, the neon joints, all that shit. That's my era. I like that shit. Why, all, all the other fancy stuff, I, I tapped out. Why do you guys think Jordan is like the sneaker? Well, one, because his 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 story was, you know, it was tied into him when he became legendary. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? He was, he just was a, it was a game changing shoe on a game changing player at the same damn time. Right. And it just, it just hasn't happened like that since. You know what I'm saying? Before, with, like, I just watched a clip of Jordan playing in the Olympics in some fucking Converse. You know what I'm saying? Hilarious. And he was rubbing his ankle and shit. You know what I'm saying? So when he first came into the league, like he, like, you know what I'm saying? This was like the year before, it was the summer before he went into the league and he was playing in some bullshit. So when they put him in the one, that was like, that shoe was light years ahead of the shoe he was playing in that summer. You know what I'm saying? That looked right. like a, a, a fucking. Like a Chuck Taylor? Like a, not a Chuck Taylor, but like a fabric. Like a, it was like a. You know what I'm saying? It was it was not a Jordan. It was not the technology was not there what they brought with the Jordan One, which was really like a dunk, but you know what I'm saying, with a little with the colorway. So the technology that Nike was using was light years ahead of Converse and all that shit at the time. So once you saw it as a as a kid, you're like, oh shit. And then the price tag was like, you know, seventy dollars or some shit and at that point, you paying $30 for some Chuck Taylors or $25 for Chucks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, shit. Your mama like, hell nah. So it's yeah, like, hell no. they banning it. You know hell what I'm saying? No. Like, you, you got this player that's playing real dope, and then they talking about, oh, my God, he, he refuses to wear the, the regulation sneaker, and so he has, gets a fine. You know what I'm saying? So like I said before on this podcast, you know, and when you go back and look, he was like the outlaw. Of the time, so as a kid, you look at him like, "Oh shit, he got the outlaw shoe." His pants, his his shorts are too long. Everybody else got the little short shorts. He got the longer shorts. You know what I'm saying? He got the black shoe. A real leader breaks the rules. A real leader breaks the rules. Breaks the rules, or a guy with a company that has a real great marketing department breaks the rules. Right. You know what I'm saying? They or both. They did it. They did it in a way that that locked us in. And from there, you know, he he stood up as far as a player. He rode all the way out, and you know, the shoes stands the test of time. And that was the the shoes that was just taking the most risk at the time. And now the risk that they're taking now just look like goofy. And then you don't have a player that's changing the game as he was changing it. You don't have a shoe that's Steph Curry's got an Under Armour sneaker. Word. You really say that? It's true. I know. Hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, but you brought that up in a Jordan conversation? Well, no, I'm just saying like That shit is ugly. Right. But I'm saying like <laughs> could, could that one day be like Well, Steph the, Curry the, the retro Steph Curry? Yeah. But Steph Curry hasn't proven himself like to, a Jordan. To yeah. be a Jordan. Yeah, yeah. he's a novice. You know what I'm no, but... saying not a novice. He's he's a great player. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying, he falls down at it's, moments In terms where, of longevity. Right. He falls down in certain moments. He hasn't proven that he isn't a, a guy who falls down in the big moment. Well, and also, like you're saying, the Jordan sneaker, when it came out, was revolutionary to the game. It was revolutionary to Jordan's game. Everybody has a sneaker. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So Curry comes out with one. It's like, all right, and he tried, but he's not. it's not like he invented a new something for the game. Right. Know? I mean, it was just when you saw that shoe, it was you knew that this was something else this wasn't what we know and you know with sneaker changes and technology changes and all you know penny penny had the phone posit and that was the early 90s you know what i'm saying 
Phone posits are from the early 90s? Hell yeah. Oh, that shit. That was a penny shoe. Penny Hardaway. Wow. Penny, penny, what? Penny, I think it was Anthony Hardaway. Hardaway. No, Hardaway. not Hardaway. Not Hardaway. That's it's the penny like, that I know. No, it's not. No, it's, yeah, it's Hardaway. I'm sorry. My, pe- my bad people. I'm, I don't even know sports. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking up. Name, I'm though. fucking up, y'all. Yes, Penny Hardaway. Shit. <laughs> I'm thinking Hardaway with the crossover. No, not him. Yeah. I, 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 I love how adamant you were. No, not Hardaway. No. Penny, <laughs> goddammit, Penny. You know Penny, Penny with the puppet. Penny. Chris Rock. That Penny. Yeah, Penny had God the phone posse. So, I mean, it don't get much more innovative from there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, So, uh, you know, you could make it more space age looking and all that shit, but the Jordan just hit at a certain time in a way that nothing else came through. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you had Spike Lee was just popping and he was directing the the commercials and, you know, with DeMar. It It was a lot going on, man. It was a lot going on that those stars haven't aligned yet for any other... You know, what I'm saying athletic shoe. Since, I mean, Kanye's got an athletic shoe. He's not an athlete, oh, but that's probably a re- the, the his like easy lines a really big deal. Yeah, but everybody can't get down, right? You know, what I'm saying so. It's not like proliferating the streets because it's only right. Yeah, a few. Yeah. You know, some people have it. Then you know, what I'm saying <laughs> they become the yeah, I'm fly. I got this shoe. It's not just like you know, what I'm saying. It was, I think Jordans were a little more widely av- available at the time. Yeah. Speaking um, of Spike Lee, he's doing a block party in Brooklyn. Yeah, y'all know my thing with Spike. You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody yeah, who do. listens to the podcast of Eva knows that you know me and Spike yeah, we do. has an unofficial beef. Not Uh-oh. a beef, not beef. You know what I'm saying? I'm just mad because he didn't speak to me and I was in Brooklyn and shit. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? No, who, who doesn't speak to me? Like, get the fuck out of here. But anyway, he's. Someone's got to check him. So he's coming to Brooklyn. He's coming to Best You know what I'm saying? Doing a block party, a Michael Jackson block party this Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Best on Do the Right Thing Way, which is Stuyvesant and something, which is right around the corner from my crib. And I'm going to be out there. Cool. <laughs> Didn't he do one last year too? He he did one for the naming of the street, and I was out of town. Oh, I was yeah, it was the, just a do the right thing block party. Yeah, it was a do the right thing. They were naming the street, do the right thing way, and I was in the Hamptons that weekend. This time, I'm gonna be there. I'm actually gonna do a little stoop party at my crib. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and it's going down. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna shoot it. You know what I'm saying? And I might run into him, and I might, you know, maybe we might be able to squash out a little beef. Yeah, you'd be like, yo, don't you know I'm the mayor? You need to come talk to me. No, no, not even like that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know know who he is. I know he has stature and legacy in the game and shit. I'm just going to, you know, it's just, hey, man, don't diss me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's me. You know what I'm saying? It's me. It's me. It's me. You know what I mean? So, you know, we're going to be out there, man. And then I'm going to have something at the crib. And uh, it was uh, like instigated. Baby, Baby Smith instigated my stoop situation. So she's gonna be there, and we're gonna do it big out on the stoop. Come through, Aviva. If I'm not doing anything Saturday, I was actually gonna ask you if I can come. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna invite myself. You so. wouldn't have to ask me. We invited. Vlad, you no, you in LA. Vlad, we'll just Skype yeah, you I'm in. in. We'll, fi- yeah, we'll FaceTime you know we'll, 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 snap, we'll Snapchat you in. Aviva, are you, are you New York based still? Or I am. You, hopping around. No, I mean, I'm here. Right. I'm here. So, you still, Aviva, you still in Brooklyn? No, I live in Hell's Kitchen now. Oh, you in the city. Okay. You rich. Viva, <laughs> you, just, you, you just did a project in Cuba. Yes, I did. Tell us about that. So I just randomly traveled to Cuba. A friend of mine was like, oh, I'm On going. y'all? Well, my friend was like, I'm going to Cuba next week. And I was like, really? I was like, yo, what's up? Can I come? She was like, yeah. So I just got my ticket and we went. And it was a little shady because 
to get on the plane, you have to go through, so it's like a chartered flight. So you have to go through the JetBlue arrivals, not the departures. It's all really shady. <laughs> what the fuck? But you Where go did there you leave out of? At a JFK. I thought Cuba was open. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because the week I got back, JetBlue was selling flights for $99. That's mm. like a commercial flight. But the week that I went was mm-hmm. no commercial flights. So wow. it, it might have just been literally was, like a week apart. It was like a test, a test flight. Yeah. But it was um, a really humbling place to visit. You know, poverty in New York is homelessness, shelters, and in terms of people who actually have housing, it's projects. Mm -hmm. But out there, I mean, the projects are like luxurious. Really? uh, Well, I visited Havana, like old Havana and central Havana, so I can't speak on the rest of the country, but... Um, so they living good? No. Oh, you talking about New York projects are luxury? Yes. Oh, so like, not like luxurious. You know, because you got like walls and stairs and cabinets. And, and what they have there? Uh, well, what I saw in Central Old Havana was basically it was like a city that looked like it was built to be the most regal, opulent architecturally extravagant city, but it looks like it was bombed and abandoned. Damn. And so it's you could see all the old architecture and the detail, but it's all crumbling, like literally. Kind of like the Bronx in the 90s. Yes. Like the like the, the houses and homes that I saw there would easily be considered, uh, what's that term? Uh, Dilapidated? Dilapidated, but they would just be like, like, like ruined. Oh, condemned. Yeah, condemned. They would be condemned here. Like, right. no way. Right. So you would see a building that looked condemned with like the first two floors boarded up, but then you see like lights like all over in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth floor. Kind of like Lower East Side in the seventies. Yeah. Squatters. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was great. I mean, it was, it was more of an anthropological trip for me to like study a different culture and understand. You know, how they have food rations there. Like here, we're like, oh, I want to buy like three dozen eggs. No problem. Over there, it's like, no, each person gets a certain amount of eggs per month and a certain amount of meat per month and a certain amount of everything per month. Like every business is government sanctioned. Mm. And you took, did you take pictures? I took a bunch of pictures. I did like a lot of portraiture and documentary photography there. I literally did not put my Rico camera down for one second. Oh, so the Rico was there. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, taking a DSLR on a trip is like, it's heavy. It's it's a lot of things. It brings a lot of attention to you. Mm-hmm. You have like a small camera like that. Like you just like walking around, walking around, you're just like doing stuff like this. And like no one really thinks any, anything of it. Just shooting from the hip or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm really excited so, about that body of work. So now they open Cuba up and stuff, you know what I mean? So, so you know, a, a little, little bit. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Jay-Z said he's going to turn it into Atlanta. Going to turn Havana into Atlanta. Did he really say that? Yeah, it was on his record. Remember he went to... when? Remember I they, mean, he may say it in a record, but I hope he doesn't mean it. I mean, he's like, I'm going to turn Havana into Atlanta. I mean... Th- they're so special in the sense, like, there's, like, no advertising there. There's oh, no- shit, that's over. Yeah, but this the, is this is American just, gentrification of Cuba right now about to happen. I know, but it's just so sad because there's so what, much. They got bombed out buildings. You just said it. Yes, but at the same time, like like there's got to be some middle ground instead of turning it into something that looks like something here. Then like keeping the authenticity of like what makes Cuba I, great. I, I think I think what he was saying was. He's gonna make it pop, like you know what I'm saying. He's gonna make it, make it jump. I mean, the only way you're gonna make that place pop and jump is if you change their government, where people actually have opportunity to do things and people aren't thrown in jail for speaking their opinion on the government and things like that. That's how you're gonna make a place pop. Like, well, I mean, you know, once America comes in, they're gonna, you know, you know how they do. You know what I'm saying. They gonna make the. I don't know. I know people speak like here. We could be like, oh, fuck Trump, fuck, fuck Obama, fuck whatever. Like you say that in Cuba, like they're coming to get you. True so me. you may change the way things look and like the the um, 
the commerce there and like what's available, but right. like you don't change the government, the people are still stuck. True indeed. I had to go to a hotel to use the internet and you get it one internet card a day for between five and twelve dollars and it's one hour. I seen a um a, a little documentary, I don't know where I saw this thing, but it was about guys who because the internet is so fucked up over there, it's guys who 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 get a, like a thumb drive full of American entertainment and then they go and they put it on other thumb. They just basically slinging thumb drives of all the movies, all the TV shows. Yeah, it's like the black market. Yeah. So 50% 50 of their food is bought off the black market because the government doesn't give them enough food. Damn. So, yeah. I mean, if I stayed longer, I would have had like a much more comprehensive report. Exactly, visual report, but I was there for five days, so. You got it in, though. I, I did get it in. I you got some did. stuff up online? I do. So we'll post some of that on the Facebook? Yep. Vladimir? Yeah, brother. What's up? Where you going to be? I will be in Los Angeles. I'll be at the Comedy Magic Club this weekend, and then I'll be back in New York uh, Labor Day weekend. Where not? And I'll be at the Stan Comedy Club all weekend doing shows, and I'll be running around town uh, getting busy. No doubt. Viva, where are you going to be? I'm out here in New York. I'm not going anywhere. I'm working on everything I've been working on. What's your next project? Uh, you know, I have so many personal projects that I'm working on. I think my most important one is to document the neighborhood that no one gives a shit about in Brooklyn. My Sheep home, has bay. My hometown called Sheepshead Bay. Word up, word up. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to be looking for Spike Lee. <laughs> on Stuyvesant. <laughs> on Stuyvesant. Hilarious. <laughs> I ain't going to be looking for that, man. I'm going to be out there having a good time like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to document it. I'm going to document some of it in video before, you know what I'm saying? You know, I have too many, you know what I mean, beers in my Game of Thrones cup, Ch chalice. <laughs> my chalice, my which, chalice. Which I have in one hand, camera in the other, and then we'll come back to the stoop, get it in, have some food, and then I'll be back here to tell with a full report for the people. You know what I'm saying? We thank y'all for listening, you know what I'm saying, checking in with us every week. You know what I'm saying? Thank everybody out there who shared their snaps of themselves in real life because we said that you know what I'm saying people listen to the show in real life doing real shit you know what I'm saying so about six seven people on on the, on the snap you know what I'm saying reported back within their real lives at their job shout out to my man who was on his coat truck doing deliveries listening to the conversation you know what I'm saying and uh, until next week tell a friend to tell a friend or even an enemy Get in the conversation. We out. And the main thing of it all is to be in the conversation. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. We out.